Thanks for listening to Middle Aged and Mediocre. I'm Cash. I'm Joe. And uh, we are a podcast about all things strange and unusual, death and UFOs, and other creepy, Cults, weird, random ghosts. stories. There you go. Yeah. No, uh, I'm just naming things in the room. Oh my god. <laughs> There's a cult of ghosts. <laughs> something and like uh remember that those guys like i I remember a a guy in the audience was like how is this guy gonna sing like this because he he had that like uh i can't even think of their song now but it's just for like you know like that yeah like when they first their first cd bro i mean oh they definitely had some parts yeah i I remember the more of like uh uh I'm on the outside. <laughs> yeah, that and was I'm like looking in. Yeah, they had that too. But I can see through you. Just do this. I like it. See to the real you. I saw them with Corn though on the Family Values tour, but I just remember that from the concert. The guy I was like, I, "This guy can't I, keep this up." More trouble. More trouble. Oh, yeah. I definitely would prefer their first album or two to. Uh, uh, the sh- solo shit he does now. He's he's a touchy fella too. He's you a, see that shit where like he'll stop shows because people time. are talking. For the simplest shit. What the fuck, man? Like people are gonna talk. Like just yeah. Plus you're singing like slow acoustic countryish songs. Like you're yeah, not, it's not the loudest. <laughs> plus no one respects you. <laughs> yeah, and Aaron, that Aaron, whatever your name is. <laughs> You've been tattooed by Fred Durst. So yeah, fuck you off. were like the. You're the great value brand, Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit, yeah. I still enjoy your music. Some of it. The early, the first I'm album. I'm going to go back and listen to that first album. I'm on the, the outside. Is that the first one? First yeah, album? So. Okay. Much of Yeah, I think Much of was like the, was one of the only like really loud songs. Well, that well, guy behind was... me at that concert didn't know how he's going to keep that shit up. And I turned around and said, well, he's going to become like a kind of borderline country star solo artist. Yeah. I'm from the future. He, like, punched you in the face. Like, Don't you say that about yeah. him. Why am I talking like he's a hick if then he would be mad about country? He, he was just afraid because you were a spaceman. He just, yeah, he was just afraid of intimacy, I think. Because um, I hugged him tight when I told him that. I whispered it. it in his ear. I should have known. Yeah, I mean, it was loud. Listen, buddy. Here soon, a couple years, he's going to be a borderline country star. God, everyone's going to love it when you yell much up one of the mic that loud. We're I not can... really recording this. Yeah, we're recording all this. is all the intro. <laughs> oh, going. Shit. Is, we're live. We just did a mic check into this. Yeah. All right. The mic check turned out fine, so I figured we'd turn it on. Let's go. Uh, I guess I was on the outside. I guess we're probably going to get uh, you know, a copyright strike. Oh, I hope. We... Now. We performed that song so, so exactly in tune to the original. Stained is not like, in this room. We're playing actual Stained songs yeah. right now. Yeah. You need to understand that. I can't understand. They're not here. <laughs> hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for sticking through that. <laughs> we are, uh, this is October 8th, 2020. 
Uh, COVID has not killed the president yet. Not yet. But I'm not going to let that ruin my day. I'm going to power through. We're back with another episode for you. Me? Rhymed it. Oh, you did. Ah, I'm a poet. <laughs> uh, what's going on, man? Uh, I don't know. You're alive. Yeah, we're alive. We, Talking about we stained. Question, we were questioning whether you're going to be alive. Yeah, I had, a, I had a little brush with COVID. Yeah. Uh, girl, a girl that I work with, uh, I've never talked to her, but she works in another building, but she tested positive. So my manager called me Sunday night. She's like, hey, I, I, you can't come to work tomorrow. And I was like, oh, fuck, my fire? Like, I was like, finally. Well, let me tell you some shit, lady. And then she was like, COVID. So I had to go get... Well, she, she said it like... <laughs> That's how she like, said it, too. Like it, was, like it was a party. Yeah. Whoosh. COVID. Yeah, so she called and said that. And that was Sunday evening. So uh, no work Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. And I had to go Monday through like a little car maze. Yeah, like because I never got out of the car. I had to just like drive around a couple of these buildings. And like people in these two ladies in hazmat suits like gave me the test. And uh, two days later, I had the results. I was negative like I thought I was. You're usually kind of negative. I am. And I went back to work. I I was pretty positive that I'd be negative. Yeah. That was my joke. I know. That was a lot of people's jokes. Bastard, I, I wrote that one. <laughs> you did? Especially for you. 70 years ago. Yeah. Right. So or when Magic Johnson first tested positive for AIDS. I remember that was a pretty... That joke kind of went around there. I was barely alive then. Yeah. So I don't remember. I remember are going to... to I, I remember going to the mall are looking... Are you calling me a joke thief? <laughs> no. Because I'll have you know, uh, that was an original thought. Yeah. Like parallel thinking. Yeah. Sure. So, real quick. Uh, I don't have it. Before, so so we you can listen to this, okay? It's so okay we don't have for COVID, guys. you. So can, you're, you're not, not going to get anything us. from listening to this. Yeah, like it's not going to crawl through the micro- microphones and like worm its way into your ears. Yeah. No, might. We don't te- know much the techno- about it. Technology is not there. Uh, before I forget, I want to say real quick thank you to Travis Graham. Yeah. Uh, we have some very awesome, fucking cool. Uh, uh, October-themed, Halloween-themed... Our logo. Artwork for our podcast yeah. right now. Yeah, so, like, you just asked him the other day. Like, and he already... Because we talked about it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'll message him. And I didn't. And, and I didn't. And I didn't. And I didn't. And then I didn't. But then I was like, oh, yeah, I need to message him. And I did. And yeah. day or so later. It's awesome. He works faster than COVID results. He really does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, and all I, I just gave him, like... Uh, Kind of like a broad a picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gave him like a technology <laughs> hug through our phones. But just, yeah, I just kind of like, I was like, something like this. And like, you, I think you had something in mind, but I left I it kind of, like, I left it kind of vague. Yeah. But like, you were like, but kind of so you can tell, you know, because you wanted the pumpkins to have our features. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. you said that. Yeah. And I just said pumpkins. So you made it look like I was going to take on three weeks. <laughs> I didn't do that. Travis knows you. He knows me. I think you're he shocked. Knows my I think that's your pumpkin face shocked at how cool you look as a pumpkin. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, you guys yeah, check that logo yeah. out. Our little yeah, dead our deadheads are like in the back and Yeah, our head drawn spikes. It's, it's really it's cool. Awesome. Yeah. It's basically a brand new logo. I right. Mean. So we'll keep it through uh uh this month and yeah. maybe but it'll yeah, through fall. We dig having themed artwork. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
Uh, a lot of new people have been listening, so uh, thank you to everyone who has been listening and who has been supporting us. If yeah. you're listening on uh, Apple Podcast, please uh, give us a five star rating. Five stars and leave a review. I mean, especially after that singing at the beginning, like they're going to make they're going to like change it to six stars after that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean that that perfect rendition. <laughs> Harmony. Of whatever that's We used to harmonize on the old podcast. Yeah. Every now and then. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I have a strict no more Randy Bone rule. <laughs> He's no not more allowed Randy back in here. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so we are bringing you a new episode and... Episode 28. Uh, this one is another special one because Joel's bringing the story tonight. Oh, I brought it. You brought, I mean... This is my third. This is your third, and yep. the other two you've done are two of my favorite episodes yeah. that we've done. Mine too, because I'm kind of an egomaniac, you know, I'm really <laughs> right. self-centered. Right. I tried to bring the the one about Die Hard, but you picked up on that pretty quick. Pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, I've watched that movie a time of 1,500. Yeah. What was the name of that tower? Uh, yeah, check out the other, uh, two episodes Joel has, uh, brought the story for. The first one is, uh, titled Meat Cute. Yep. It's the Armin Mua story. Um, spoiler alert, he eats a guy. Yeah. Uh, and... Well, just a dick. Well, I mean, yeah, that's how he starts with the dick. That's how it always starts. That's how it always starts. And, uh... Like, it'd be rude not to. Right. He'd be like, I'm sorry, did you not, I mean, my dick. Like, you're right. I'm sorry. Chomp, 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 chomp. <laughs> the other episode is uh, Who Shot Ken, Ken Rex McElroy. I'm glad you remember that. I remember, like, kind of the stuff. I was like, someone got shot. He was kind of a bad guy. <laughs> he was a real piece of shit. Yeah, he was. So go check out why he deserved the bullets he got. And try to figure out who did it. Who done it. Yeah. The whole town. Yeah. Um <laughs> And so, yeah, you're back here with a third episode. A third. On episode 28. That's I don't fine. do this That's much. That's a decent yeah. I mean, that was, that, was the whole, that was the whole, like, pitch for the podcast. You're like, you just like, show up. You like, I don't up. do anything? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do, really. And I don't thing. do a lot. And I'm great at it. You do all the computer stuff, and I just show up and talk hey, man, to the microphone. Tonight you showed up with a story. Yeah. And, uh, I have a lot of pages of notes. Yeah, the last time you brought a story it was like three pages, four pages. This time you have filled up like two notebooks. I basically just wrote every word of the documentary. Smart. Smart. <laughs> that's how you do it. Like, that's how I got most of this information. There's a documentary on Netflix called Tread. I uh, watched it a couple times. I did read online some stuff, too. But I, I just like the documentary, and I think it's a pretty cool story. Yeah, it is a... Uh... Uh, I've watched the documentary when it first came out on Netflix, so, yeah, uh, it is really good. But, yeah, it's called Tread Netflix. It's a show. Do we start now? <laughs> I've, I don't do this a lot. Right. Yeah, let's get into it, man. All right. All right. Leave my shirt on? Uh, that's up to you. That's okay. Optional. All right. Here we go. Shirt off. Uh, <laughs> Marvin Marv Hemeyer uh, is who who the subject of the story. He was born in South Dakota. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Marvin Marv. <laughs> Marvin Marv. They call me Marvy Marv, Marky Mark. I uh, I don't know why that's my. Uh, well, I'm just saying his name accent. his name's Marvin, but I'm gonna call him Marv that's a good. lot. So don't get confused. I will, I'll try my best. It's, they're the same person. Okay. Marvin right. and Marv. And okay. 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 <laughs> he you. Meyer. He was born. No, as... Wait, is that a third person? <laughs> he <laughs> Meyer. He Meyer be might be right. no. That's Marv. his full Marvin He Meyer. Marv affectionately was born in South Dakota, October twenty eighth, nineteen fifty one. 
And then he just joined the Air Force. I don't have a lot of information between his birth and him joining the Air Force. So I'm pretty sure, like, he was, like, five. And they are like, hey, man, go join the Air Force. And he was like, all right. He was like, all right, signed up yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to kind of look up some information earlier today just so I'd have, like, a little bit. If I could in case some, I didn't. If I could, no, if yeah. I could throw some blanks in. But there's really... Like, it's, there's a, we have no idea. Yeah, I mean, he had parents just because his dad does show up later, his mom. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe a brother and a sister. Yeah, um, his, like, he has a brother and sister because they later commented about all this. Yeah. So, okay. So he, he sounds like he was probably left-handed. Like, 19, if I'm. 1951. Yeah, 1951. Joined the Air Force. And then the Air Force, he had a knack for welding, motors, and engines. So, a real kind of handsy guy, you know, or just good with tools and yeah. all that kind of stuff and he was stationed in colorado and uh he really seemed to enjoy his time in colorado could because after he left the air force even though his family's all in south carolina or south dakota he decided to live in colorado after leaving the air force and he moved to grand lake colorado and uh started working at a muffler shop there right. and just because of his welding and everything and just how good he was with uh machines and vehicles and stuff he just raised up through the ranks of the muffler shop and then opened up his own shop he could put together two pieces of metal like no one's business yeah any two pieces of metal i can't even put together a sentence yeah and this guy is just like is working with metals welding welding i do weld on a small scale i solder glasses sometimes there you go i like doing that it's pretty uh i have a little soldering gun that i use a torch yeah and it's uh, you know, you're basically you're basically this guy. I'm basically him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not known not much known about me after I was right. born. Yeah, well, I assume you were in the Air Force. <laughs> My dad was. Okay. Close. Sa- same thing. Yeah. Just call me Marv. But Marv moved to Grand Grand Lake, and uh, but then he opened up his business in Grand. Was it Granby? Granby. I should probably yeah. have that right. It's Granby. Granby, Colorado, which is about 15 miles uh, away from Grand Lake. And he, he got... Everything so, in Colorado is grand something, apparently. Yeah, it's so pretty... Or this cool. guy only sticks to places with grand in the name. He Grand, yeah. Great Lakes, Granby. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Then think about that. I guess... <laughs> he was a penny pitcher, Marv. You know, like, yeah. he uh, he tried to save a lot of money. He was... Uh, when I say, like, I'm going to say he was quoted as saying, it's like something from the audio tapes that they play in the documentary. Because right before he did what he did, he like uh, he recorded himself just like kind of, I guess that was the origins of the podcast. He just like recorded like why he was doing this, and like he's it was like his online blog. He, he just he wanted he didn't I guess he wanted people to like because people were like why would he do this? Well, you know he tells you so you see it in the documentary. Yeah. But one of the things he says is uh you know if you have a champagne income with the beer keg you're gonna do well. And I think that was Marv. He was a penny pincher, you know, and he got his land through an auction, actually. It was like a foreclosed uh, property. It had the garage on there and everything like that. And he went to the auction, and the original price of it was uh, $35,000. And Marvin ended up getting in kind of like a bidding war with the fella, and he bought it for 42000 And one of the guys he was bidding against was uh, Cody Docheff. He's a he's a Granby native, you know, lived there all his life, like fellow businessman. Right. And uh, he wanted the property for a concrete plant. And when Marv got it, Marv says that Cody was upset. Marv claims that after the uh, the the auction, Cody approached him and gave him a ten to fifteen minute tongue lashing. Wow. 
good. Which, I mean, just already what you know about Marv. I can't imagine this guy standing there and just taking someone's for shit. Yeah, minutes. for 10 to 15 minutes. Um, I have a quote of what he said about Cody here somewhere. He called Cody the rudest, most arrogant person. I mean, just a fucking asshole. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I believe him. <laughs> he did make an audio recording. Cody's last name sounds almost like douche. Right? Dochef? So, yeah. It's like a douche. But Cody says this never happened. He says he never talked to Marv at the auction. Like, after Marv got the land, he got up and left. Yeah, I don't talk to Marv. Yeah. It's just a rule. I <laughs> yeah. don't talk to him. Like, once they're Marvins, like, maybe. But once you get down to well, Marv. Once you're Marv, I think you're stuck up. I'm done. I don't know why this is my accent <laughs> for everybody in Colorado and South Dakota. Just everywhere. But Marva, or Cody wanted it for an indoor batch plant for concrete. I guess that's some sort of concrete thing. Right. And, uh, oh, yeah. You're like, hey, does Marv have a girlfriend? Well, he did. Okay. <laughs> I've been wondering. <laughs> and the girlfriend uh, described Marv as old school, you know, okay. and uh, and he did have a girlfriend. He didn't have any kids. Like I said, no family or anything. And he, but he did have a group of friends they liked to snowmobile with. Oh, he was old school because he was, I remember this, uh, he was like, very like hold the door open like yeah gen- like when he was courting her yeah he was very yeah I do remember that from and me. it was the first person that she banged after her husband died which yeah. <laughs> thanks Netflix for putting that there <laughs> like were they fucking has it been a while since she's fucked I'm like well here's both those answers like I gotta update my score scoreboard scorecard no but but Marv loved snowmobiling that was like his main thing. And uh, he took his girlfriend snowmobile, and like every Thursday, he would meet with like a group of friends, and they would just call off work and snowmobile. Because they, I mean, they about that life, you <laughs> know. Life. Imagine just be able to do like I can't do that one day a week. I, I guess I, you know, come here and like record, but I have to do it after work. Like you know, we have to work around schedules. Like yeah. what? There's nothing that I can just be like I'm gonna take the day off and go frolic through flowers. Also, I feel like snow. Uh, what what is it? Snow snowmobiling. Snowmobiling. Yeah. Like. You could just go to that on your own. You can't, like, if we met up every Thursday to go snowmobiling. Yeah, you can't, like, go, like, people, you know, because. Like, we'll show up and be like, hey, hey, how you doing? It's yeah. Thursday. We're going to do this thing. And then we're both. <laughs> you can't talk to each other. Hey, you <laughs> And then when you get done, you just go, oh, we did it. Was, we snowmobiled, didn't we? <laughs> yep. Well, they would have groups up to 24 people. Good Lord. And usually Marv was like the natural leader of these right. people. Like everyone kind of looked up to Marv, you know, like the friends that he had that, you know, through that community. Uh, like since he was a welder, he would weld like special bumpers on the, and like some of his friends like interviewed, like they just look like snowmobilers. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if people are listening that are like, I've never I been snowmobiling. Know. You know, it kind of looks like uh it kind of looks like a jet ski on the snow. Yeah. But I just feel like it wouldn't be as fun as a jet ski because, like, you're all cold and shit. And you're like, I'm going to go faster in this cold wind. Right. <laughs> and that'll be right. really cold. Because, like, Colorado, especially there, like, they said, like, and sometimes in winters, like, it wouldn't get above 10 degrees for, like, weeks. You know? So, I mean, like, you had to have those kind of people, you know? So, he did have himself. He wasn't, like, a total loner. He had his friends he met with, his girlfriend. But Marv would make bumpers for him, and they would, like, just... Like, just mow down trees. They said they could, like, mow down, trees. like, four-inch trees with, like, these special steel. Jesus. And, like, you weren't a true snowmobiler unless you had a Marv bu- bumper. I've always said that. So, if you were in there in I that time and you didn't have one, step off, okay? Yeah. Step off of Marv and his bumpers. But Marv's moto. Mo- moto? 
Moto. <laughs> that, that's the kind of uh, snowmobile he had. Was a uh, Moto. Moto 767 GT Express. I bet you're. I bet that's a thing. <laughs> it could be. No, but his motto was "When in doubt, gas it." Again, wise words. <laughs> wise words. But Marvin, all his buddies too. They they felt they all felt like outsiders in Granby because they said like Granby was kind of run by what they called the good old boys club. Right. Like I said, Cody Dochef, um, he was part of that. He's uh, the town was run by the pretty much a family called the Thompsons. Uh, Dick Thompson was the patriarch. He's former mayor of the town, judge. He was head of like the town boards, you know, the the whatever, like the city council. So, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. He had three sons: uh, Ron Thompson, Larry Thompson, and Gary Thompson. Ron, what is it? Ron, Tom, and Gary. Ron, Tom, Ron, Larry, and Gary. Ron, Larry, and Gary. Yeah, we're all little dicks. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, Larry is uh, or Gary dead. Okay. So that, that's we're not going to talk about Gary well, much. So Gary came in third place. But Ron was vice president of the board, and Larry and Ron worked together. They like were the probably the richest family there, you know. Gotcha. But they like they had an excavating company. Uh, they they were hard workers. I mean, they had their money handed down, but like they you know they earned yeah, it too. Yeah, right. Like they like people would see him out doing all the work, you know, like doing yeah, at the construction like, sites. Isn't there something on there where they say about how like they didn't even hire anybody? Yeah, they what. If they, they could do it, they would do it, yeah. yeah. I mean, they considered him toys, you know. Like, one of the guys, like, they goes in his office, and what he does when he's not excavating with all these, like, giant machines, he's got little toy machines That's in his right. office. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I like to get about two or three a year when it affords it. <laughs> it's like, buddy, like, what? Yeah. Cool. Cool guy. Like, haven't you heard of snowmobiling? Like, what the fuck? Nerd. But that's who, like, Marv kind of clashed against. Because, yeah. like, they were on the board, and it, uh, it even started back in... Uh, I'm getting way off board on my notes here. Because <laughs> I just know this story so well now. But, like, his dad, like, Dick Dick Thompson, while he was alive, like, kept Marv off the sanitation board when Marv first got there. So, like, I feel like as soon as Marv got there, like, he, he just wanted, like, an axe to grind. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I feel like this is the kind of guy who, like, wants to be a victim... Yeah, but and, he has and to, he'll find somebody to make the bad guy. Yeah, but it's weird that he was also like the alpha male of like that snowmobile and group, you know? Yeah, he. I mean, he probably. I mean, he wanted to be one of the good old boys. Yeah, like he wanted to, like you know, if he could have been one of them, he'd have been one of them. But since he couldn't, he didn't have any power. But with these snowmobilers, yeah, he could kind of just overtake the, overtake the power there. He tried. Are you? I mean, he definitely got it with the snowmobilers, but he definitely tried with the board too. So in, uh, so he got the land, and then they told him that there wasn't a sewage line. Yeah. And they said Marv had to build a sewage line to connect and it, to the actual, to the main, the main one. one yeah. yeah. And it was like hundreds of feet away, and Marv just refused to do it. It was gonna cut because they were gonna make him pay for it. Yeah, they were gonna make him yeah, pay for it. It could have been like up to sixty thousand, sixty thousand dollars. You know. So he just never did it, or upwards of eighty thousand. Yeah, yeah, I think it was going to cost him a pretty big chunk of money. So I think he just ran his business without sewage for <laughs> right. years. Well, then they started getting him on improper waste disposal. Yeah, I don't know where he was taking it or what he was doing with it. But... He probably had Porta Johns or something, you know, or you know, just right. It, it's not. I've, I've got. I don't want to brag, but I've rented a Porta John or two <laughs> for some events. You know, they're not that much. I mean, you know, like you like. A simple man can afford it. <laughs> yeah. 
And Marv, you know, he's got that champagne budget with a beer keg. Right. Fucking thirst or whatever. Okay, let's see. So the city's fucking with him. They want him to run a sewage pipe. He's not going to do it. He just makes his business, does that, keeps the business going. And then in 98, Marv claims that the town spot zone, the two acres right beside his property, so that Cody, fucking Cody Dochef, Dochef. could build his concrete plant because Cody's part of the good old boys club. He's friends with the Thompsons. You know, they work together. So to Marv, this is all just, and Marv's claims that this is an illegal thing to do, but since no one objected within 30 days, it became state law. Okay. So he could have done something, but he didn't. Right. And it was too late. Well, yeah, so he, he could have he could have objected, right? Oh my god, that was the worst that could possibly happen. Two more pages. Those are the pages that don't matter. All right, okay. everybody, we're <laughs> we just killed some butt. No, that was... <laughs> real quick while we're cleaning up every all of this mess, we're gonna go to a break. Damn it, troll! For God's sakes, things are going out of hand. We're going to be right back. We have some technical issues. This is my last episode. All right. I I'm not ready. No, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. I think we've got everything under control here. Joe, quit throwing things. Uh, I just, I got, I got so upset because like 30 days and you're just going to like spot zone this shit? Right. Well, Marv wasn't having it. So he kind of went, he started going to all the town meetings and he would just always like, rally against this and he got the town to kind of rally against this because he's like there's going to be noise there's going to be dust and he's trying to put mufflers on cars you can't just have dust floating around but really what it was because like he could no longer cut through those two acres to get from his house to the shop and like it (laughs) it, was slightly inconvenienced he was slightly inconvenienced and also when it happened it was going to go over right over the land that he would, if he wanted to, to build the sewage lines. Yeah. Because that's right where the concrete plant was. Well, so I he, believe also, didn't he, uh, wasn't there at some point he wanted to expand and he wanted the two acres that they ended up? Okay, yeah, I didn't get that in here, but that probably could I be. I think he wanted the, he wanted the, uh, yeah, the two acres that Cody ended yeah. up being. And maybe like he couldn't buy it then, but then they like. He put an offer on it and yeah. they turned him down, I think is what it was. Well, that would piss Marv off because he's a bitter little man. Yeah, it doesn't take much to slight him. But he was—he claimed like you know. But the town kind of got behind him. They're like, yeah, what about all this noise, dirt, right. and traffic? And they were able to explain it all away because they're good businessmen. You know, they're not maybe they're not what Marv thinks. I mean, I'm sure there is a little bit of that good old boys club there. Oh, definitely. But yeah. also, I'm sure like, what they say, you catch more flies with, with honey. Yeah, then vinegar. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but just be nice, you know, maybe. Yeah, but if you can get some flies, you can yeah. get some flies. <laughs> However you can get a fly there, Pence. Get a fly. We're so topical, remember? Last <laughs> night, remember that thing that the happened? VP debate? Okay. I, I wasn't watching. I, I saw it today. I tried watching it, <laughs> and I just couldn't. I could not. Like, I can't watch this shit when no. people are asked questions, and they just... Fucking ignore the question. Uh-huh. I hate politicians. Go on. And then they just talk over each other. Go That's on. the episode now. Let's go. <laughs> nope. You go no, on. No, okay. Okay. So uh so Mar fought it and fought it. And uh, of course he lost. And uh, then after he lost that, they hit him with the fine for the waste thing. So was that Something where, you know, uh, I'm sure there was a bit of retaliation there. Well, then Marv comes back with a lawyer and was like, uh, this is kind of weird in the, in the in the doc, but basically said that he caught him in a mistake and they have to start all over again. 
all that, like the whole process of the, yeah. land, of the land and all and that. And while they're doing that, Cody just starts building the plan anyway. Right. So Marv's got to sit there right beside it and just see Cody building this. You know, why why him and his lawyer are trying to fight this. And they said, like, his friend said that in legal fees, Marv paid $150,000 trying to fight this. And, of course, like, he was denied. They You know, they ruled. Right. And he says that it's all the lawyer's fault. Because nothing's Mars' fault. Nothing's I don't know if you've Mars noticed fault. that yet. Yeah. Nothing is Mars' fault. It's the lawyer's fault because he was just trying to milk Marv for more money. But when Marv wanted to, like, go at him again, the lawyer was like, no. Like, why? We're not, you know, if he was milking him, he would be like, hell yeah, let's, let's, get, keep going. let's keep going. We can keep fighting this. Yeah. Like, we'll fight it, you know. But no, the lawyer was like, no, like, this is it. Like, you know, you have a $2,500 fine. And he had a hundred a day fine until they closed down his business. And they said, we're not opening it up, you know, $2,500, $100 a day until you get this. And by now, Cody wouldn't let him do it. Right. Wouldn't even let him go underneath the concrete plant. To, to run the actual yes. sewage pipe that he needs. Yeah. But another thing where Marv just, he does all this to himself. Uh, the dough chef, Cody and Thompson, they, they, uh, they said that they offered Marv they would connect him for free if he would just drop all this shit. Right. But Marv didn't want to do that because right. you can't you can't be a victim if you're working with somebody. Yeah. Cause like I went into this kind of thinking like, man, this guy, like I you know, I was like trying to like I don't want to say like find a hero, you know? Because I'm fucking 41 years old. <laughs> but you're you know? still alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because Mark McGuire's still alive. Okay, I don't need a hero that bad. Right. But, like, the more I, like, watch this and read about it, I was like, this guy's a fucking little ass. He's just... Yeah. I, as, like, the first half of it. Like, I, if I think if I would have started with the, like, the last half, I'm like, yeah, you know, you kind of explain just what he did. Yeah. And, like, that kind of gloss over his reasons why. But then when you, like, hear, like, just there's, they, they, like, he well, could have just... First, for me, anyways, like, I'm immediately going to be like, yeah, fuck the man. Yeah. Like... You know, whatever. But then, like, yeah, what, the more I kept going, I was like, ah, Marv, you gotta fucking cooperate. You gotta, you gotta work with them a little yeah, bit, buddy. Yeah. Like, you can't, it can't all be yours. What, what political party do you think Marv was? Well, um, I, I mean, both both sides are fucking awful. If I don't, just... if uh, I'll try to remember. I'll wait for see if you have the quote or not. But I do have. Oh, does he say? Okay, I no, have a, no, I have a few no, good but quotes I have a little in here. Tie-in story okay, for that. So, so, so he had to pay one hundred fifty thousand dollars in lawyer's fee. The lawyer was like, "Not, nah, we're not doing this." He gets fined hundred dollars a day, and he just uh, he went and took a check down there, and on the check he wrote to the cowards and liars department. Marv got him pretty good there. That's a zinger. But then they had to call him up. They're like, hey, idiot, you wrote this check wrong. And he had to go back in there. That's embarrassing. Yeah, and like edit the check to where it could be actually used. And then I guess stomped out again, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's awkward. <laughs> like I said, Marv, I mean, he had himself to blame. He just, he, and he tried to sell his property after that. He tried to sell it for $250,000. And who wants to buy it? It was Cody, right? Cody wants to yeah. buy it. And Marv hears that, and he says, nope, pulling it. I'm going to sell for $375,000. So $125,000 markup. Who wants to buy it? Cody Dochef. Or this is before, you know, obviously. Or yeah, Cody, because he wants to expand his shit. And then Marv pulls it again and puts it for over a million dollars. And then by that point, obviously, Cody was like, no. Well, even, I, like... So, Cody, I bet if he offers him a million dollars, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. That. Yeah. No. Well, I want a million dollars, and I want you to get on your knees, <laughs> yeah. and I want you to admit that snowmobiling's better than any old thing that you do. <laughs> you tell them, Marv. His little, their buddies are back there revving up their vroom, snowmobiles. Vroom, vroom, vroom. They're like, but they're like on the back of a truck though. They're not even in the snow. <laughs> like we should have lo- unloaded them. This is Colorado. <laughs> there's, there's snow on the ground, guys. We could have driven them. But like afterwards, how many people are saying that like Marvin was so upset about all this shit, but he wasn't that serious about his business. And obviously he didn't have sewage. <laughs> yeah. He would just go fucking snowmobiling every Thursday. Yeah. Like, hey, you got my muffler fixed? Be like, no, but I got like 26 miles in with Scott. And I can't imagine. <laughs> like, this is a small town, if I remember. Yeah. Like, how much business could he have been doing? Muffler shop, yeah. Like. I mean, the town, like, looks pretty legit. They have, I mean, a hardware store you're going to find out later. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, a the, library. I'm sure they can afford cars and mufflers. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not questioning that they have mufflers. But how many per? But, like, how much work is that guy doing? Unless people yeah. are coming from other parts of Colorado. And, like, the police said, like, they used them for, you know, yeah. like, for things. I'm sure, like, they, like, what? Larry Thompson said he was working at a job once, and Marv stopped and threat pretty much threatened him. Said your family cost me three hundred thousand dollars, and I want it back right now. And they were like, "Ah, fuck you!" Right. And on the tapes, it's so funny. He's like, "And I knew Marv. This is Marv speaking. He's like, I knew I got to him because when I drove away, I was about five trucks lengths away. They said, "Hey, why don't you suck my dick? And why would you say that? I mean, I'm kind of paraphrasing. I didn't write down exactly what he said, but Marv's like, "Why would you say that unless you just knew that there was nothing else you could say because you, you were guilty? Gotten. Yeah. How about because suck my fucking dick, Marv? How about I said it because of that? How much could you put up and fucking threaten? Me? <laughs> yeah. Like my dad's dead." Homie. Okay. Fucking Marv. <laughs> Fucking Marv, dude. So fast forward to Sumer. Sum- Sumer? <laughs> hey, man. Sumerian times. That's what we're in. Oh, my God. So summer 2002, uh, Marv goes to California and buys a Commodolus D355. Uh, he buys a bulldozer. Yeah. Yeah. He buys a, he buys he buys a, a big, big old, old bulldozer. bulldozer. I'm sure Josh will probably like... Draw a picture of it for the website. I won't. <laughs> well, uh, maybe you can, like, rip one off the internet. It's a Komatsu. 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 D355. Okay, I don't have the he A either. The MK tank. The MK tank. So he bought it in California and then has it transported to Colorado, which I'm sure costs a little bit of money. Yeah. And he put it on his property with the for sale sign, like, immediately. And they said he brought it in, like, in a big, you know, middle of the night. It was, like, this whole big ordeal. Like, he wanted, I think he wanted people to know that, like, he bought a bulldozer. Yeah. And I don't know if maybe that was, like, because the Thompsons rented that kind of equipment. So, it was, like, that was, like, you know, saying maybe, you know, like, he's going to try to get into that kind of stuff. I don't know. But he he, he parked it facing the concrete plant. Yeah. And his friend said that's why he, he didn't buy it to sell it. He bought it to intimidate specifically, you know, Cody. Like, you know, just, it was like blocking like an access road between the two okay, businesses. Yeah. And then, uh, he bought the, he bought the bulldozer and he kind of, he shut down his business and he just tried, he sold all his equipment and everything. And, uh, he, he leased the, 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 the land out. Right. And he said the only thing that didn't sell was the bulldozer and like the Marv, that was a sign from God. That what he was going, like, you know, he that bulldozer meant something, you yeah. know. So, like, this is, like, trying to, like, just build up to what 
broke this guy. Right. This motherfucker, I, I kind of think he was broken the whole time. But, like, what finally, you know, like, this stuff, like, what were they just, the $100 a day, he couldn't get the, the, the sewage line done now at all because they wouldn't let him. I mean, the concrete plant was up. How are you going to build underneath it? You know, for, I don't even know how that shit he works. It sounds like he's just... I mean, just completely unwilling. Yeah. But he goes and buys a bulldozer. Like, you know, like he could have originally just put the sewage line in and not spent the $150,000 in court, not (laughs) all that stuff. So he he leased the land and then he just ended up selling the land for $400,000 to a trash company. But with, he sold it and he said, but I want to rent one of your buildings. Yeah. Because all Marv fucking figured out something. Things are brewing. He, uh, Marv was sitting in his hot tub one night. He was pretty depressed about everything. And he said God spoke to him and told him that he needs to build a giant killdozer and just show everybody once and for all what's up. God was like, you need to get yourself a badass killdozer. Yeah. Like, you got that bulldozer. You got to know how. I mean, and... I know you're the the bulldozer just barely fit into that building. Call the killdozer. Why else would that bulldozer fit into killdozer. that building? <laughs> Why would that killdozer fit into the building oh, God. unless God wanted him to yeah. build it into a yeah. massive? Doesn't ma- it fit like per- Like it's like I remember. Yeah, like he was like it fit perfectly. In yeah, there. like he came all over the fact that like it was like a half <laughs> inch on each side. He's like, oh God, yes. Oh, literally, oh God, yes. <laughs> so he he so at this point he broke up with his girlfriend. Don't he had, her anymore. He's got God now. Yeah, in snowmobiling, of course. <laughs> and, uh, and he just had pretty much all the money and all the time in the world, and he spent a year and a half like just one thing on his mind. Two just building revenge and snowmobiling. <laughs> and in his little shed, he had a collection of movies. And he had a movie called A Man Apart, starring Vin Diesel. And his friend said he watched that one the most. Well, there's a reason. Because <laughs> it's great. Yeah, and like it, he, he, he gets revenge on people. And then, you know, at the end, he's all, you know, he's the better man and everything like that. And yeah, he learns something. He can just kill people that cross him. Yeah. And that's problem solving. <laughs> but only if you're Vin Diesel. This guy's no Vin Diesel. No, he's Marvin right. Heemeyer. He's Marvin. <laughs> and the trash company, after they bought the land, they actually had to do a walkthrough on the building, right. inspect it for insurance, and Marv had like a giant tarp up covering it, and he just told him that he was helping the a professor. Big sign on the tarp says, "Not a killdozer." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not here to hurt anybody. And uh, he he told them that he that a professor hired him to perfect the cooling system, oh, right. which would cool the air and incre- increase the performance of the engine. And they bought that whole bullshit story. Sounds like something that would happen. Yeah, like sounds like something a muffler dude who owned the auto shop who was good at machines might be doing. You know, right? And they're like, okay, whatever, weirdo. Right. You said some words though that we don't know. <laughs> so sure. we're just trash guys. Do you not trash in here or not? We're just garbage. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know. <laughs> All the, it was Oscar the Grouch. Words. But this again was another sign from God. Marvin wasn't caught. They didn't. The trash people didn't see it. This is exactly what he's supposed to be. I think he says that there was three times. At least three times people come through. Yeah, and he would and just... Always, and he, he tried to always work at night when the trash yeah. company was closed. He had cameras outside. So, I mean, he you know he could get ready like when someone showed up. Shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he thought of everything. Right. And then winter came around, and God was like, Hey, Marv, 
pal. Come on over. Hey, Marvin. Pat his little knee. Marv sat on God's knee, and he's like, you know what? You've been working hard on that killdozer, haven't you? Marv's yeah. like, thanks for noticing, God. He's like, you know what? I want you to take the winter off in just no mobile. Because this is going to be it, Marv. That's what Marv claims. He said God came to him. And he said, hey, take the winter off. This thing's not going anywhere. You know, this could be your last winter to really, you know, snowmobile it up with the boys. So he was like snowmobiling all winter and never said anything about his plans. You got to get it out of the way now. Like this guy, like he was snowmobiling and like making plans with these people. Like, all right, we're going to do this in June just to say we snowmobiled in June. You know, and they're like, y'all, you're the best, Marv. You know, they all hugged and everything. Yay, Marv. (laughs) Because God let him do that. Yeah. Because God loves Marv and God loves snowmobiling. And killdozers. And killdozers. So so he had all his money. I mean, he sold the land for $400,000. He sold all the equipment. Who knows what he made from that? And uh, he what he did with the money, because he knew that they might come after it. So he gave it all yeah. to his dad. And he uh, he would his dad split up into like 50,000 increments for his brothers and sisters. Right. Well, then in March of 2004, Marcus's father died. You know? Because there was only one set of footprints. <laughs> it was God? I don't know. Like, I thought, what God say about that, I wonder. So, so Mark goes to South Dakota for the, for the services. And this is the most fucked up shit. And I've always thought this. He takes pictures at the funeral. Like, on that, they show in the documentary, like, his dad in the casket. Yeah. Like, him and his brothers and sisters standing in front of the casket. Like, one last family picture. And like, I... That's the weirdest thing ever right. to fucking take a picture of somebody to me, to me. But that's Marv. And he took a selfie too. And he's all sad looking and he, he really does look broken. You know, he looks like a broken little angry man. And, uh, he's like dad. Died. And they they, they talk about that. Yeah. It's like, well, he's at his dad's funeral. He's going to look a little sad. Cause in the documentary, like you can tell that he had something brewing in his <laughs> mind. Like, it's fucking, do you want him to be like smiling? Like thumbs up. Right. Like, propping up his dad and like, ah, here we are. <laughs> so that's what he did with the money. And that was March. So then the next month, 13th of April, shit went down. Shit goes down. Yeah. So Marv, he, what he did, he built concrete plates all around the bulldozer's cab. And then he would fill con- or, uh, steel plates and he, would, and he would put concrete between the between. steel plates. Sometimes there'd be like up to a foot away from him. That's how big that thing is. Yeah. It covered the entire cab, like the engine, part of the front, you know. <laughs> and Marv even, I mean, he had cameras on the outside. He had three monitors on the inside of the of the killdozer. And he, uh, April 13th, it's, uh, it's about 10.05. He just drives right out of his building, destroys that garage that he's in. And head straight for the concrete company. And that was the first 911 call with someone from the trash company. They're like, hey, uh, there's a bulldozer just tearing up <laughs> tearing up the concrete building. And I mean, could you imagine getting that call? Like, what? They're like, is there somebody in it? They're like, we don't I know. It's a, a, a self-sustained <laughs> killdozer, actually. They actually did think that it was empty at first, because like, because right. uh, like you know, control. yeah, because Cody was there at the plant. You know, that's his plant. So they come out, and they're 
you know, they're trying to like jam like rebar and stuff into the tracks yeah. of the bull. Just doing anything. I mean, what can you do to stop a giant bulldozer? You know, they tried to climb up the back, and Marv had covered it in grease or Vaseline. He thought of everything. He, he really did. So, he of course, they, they couldn't climb up it. And, uh, well, oh, I have a quote, too, if I can do this first. I'm sorry. This is, uh, this is a quote that's uh, from the documentary that this is Marv before it starts. Because, actually, it wasn't on April 13th. This quote is from April 13th. Okay. So this quote is after his dad dies. I got a little ahead of myself. I got excited. This is only my third time, okay? <laughs> I'm putting my shirt back on. All right, my shirt's back on. All right, I'm taking it back off. It's okay. too hot. All right, you're pretty good. <laughs> Here we go. This is Marv. This is a direct quote from him from the tapes. I want to say that I believe that I'm an American patriot. I believe in free enterprise system. I'm saying this like clutching a fist, like I believe it. I'm just trying to get the character. That wasn't Marv. That was me doing a, like a, my thoughts on it. I'm going to go back to Marv. Okay. I believe in a level playing field of competition. If you want to change that level playing field of competition to your advantage, basically, you give me license to do that also when my opportunity comes around. Because you're the leaders of the community. Through your actions, you you show the... (laughs) I've tried to read my writing, people. You show the community how things are supposed to be done. You have given me license through your example to do what I need to do. When I do this... That le- that levels the playing field in my favor. Now we got a lopsided playing field. Because when I come back at you, I'm going to destroy your side of the playing field. All right, Marv. That so... doesn't make any sense. Like, he just keeps saying, like, you're giving me license and playing field. and I mean, I kind of get like, what he's saying. You did it first. But I feel like the tapes. You started it. I feel like the tapes, like, as they go, he probably gets, like, more and more just full of bullshit and full of himself. Oh, of course. Once he starts explaining the story and all that. So that was, like, a quote once he pretty much. That was April. So just a Basically, few months again, later. Everything's the their fault. Yeah. This all could have been avoided. actions are their fault. Yeah. Like, he tried, you know, whatever. It's all of them. And uh, obviously his friends thought he spent too much time alone. Right. <laughs> you think? I got a killdozer to work on, fellas. I wonder what he did tell him. He was like, oh, I'm just hanging out in my garage watching Vin Diesel movies. Like, but, Marv, it's, it's Thursday. <laughs> yeah. We snowmobile. I don't wear the snowmobile. <laughs> it's snowmobiles, though, Marv. We love them. Don't you love the Snowmobile Thursdays? Not as much as I love Vin Diesel! Well, that's understandable, Marv. <laughs> but, so, Marv had plans and everything. He So, that's like, he was suicidal, but I wonder, like, if he was trying to think of a way where he could do this and not have to die. Because, I mean, he is making plans. Like, the day that the... That the June 4th, when the event happens, he's supposed to be going to the dentist to get a crown finished. Right. You know, where his ex-girlfriend worked. And it's like, so he's like doing all this, but he's not, he doesn't care about any of it because he's just wanting to die. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't, I don't know if you have it in your notes and you haven't got to it yet or not, but uh, he makes three gun ports. Yep. On the killdozer. Yeah. And he fits one with a 50, a 50 caliber, caliber rifle. One of the, uh, I haven't written down three oh eight semi-automatic and one of the 22. I think as soon as he decided to do that, yeah, 
he had already decided he's not living through this. Yeah. Like, he was definitely going to try to do as much damage and cause as much... I don't think he expected to ride off into the sunset in a bulldozer. Yeah. Yeah, I think but he I don't... was going to be able to... He was going to try to fuck or up d- as much as he... Or do you think he was, like, on the fence of even doing it? Like, I'll build it and then see how I feel? If you know, he's still, like, making plans to snowmobile and, like... I think that's just... Getting cheap. dental work done and shit. Like, if I, if I knew I was going to be dying... I'm getting dental work done. Maybe that was an excuse to see the ex-girlfriend. I don't know. Well, I think he just decided he probably figured it was his best interest to keep things seeming normal, not to give anybody any, you know. Yeah, yeah. Make him curious as well. He was. He was. He, he was definitely a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. Definitely I mean, smart, cunning. He was a good businessman. Yeah, I would. I would love to just know what happened between like just birth and when he gets to college. Like why? Right. Why? Like. What made you like this? I mean, the guy somehow made more than enough, more than any, more money than most people need. Yeah. From a month and he says that in there. Yeah, he's like, I sure I made a lot of money, you know. Yeah, and so he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's a smart guy. I think he knew what was. Yeah. He knew. What but he he, he he said on the tape, say he was a piece. It was what he was going to do. That what happened to him is not what he deserved. And he says, for as good as a man can be, also can he be as bad? Which. I'm going to put that in a song. And when you visit evil upon someone, be assured it will revisit you. Okay. And pretty much he like he mentions the Thompsons, Cody Dochef, basically anybody on the town board. Like if you were on the town board, a janitor in the building, like Marv wasn't a fan of yours. Marv has a picture of you. And he says this is God's will to be done through him. Like, he's just an instrument of God. It's you know? crazy that God is it's taking like, such an interest. It's in like Marv. God's just slapping the base of Marv's soul. Yeah. And just like, boom, ba doom, ba doom, ba doom, ba doom, boom, boom, boom. And he's like, kill dozer, kill dozer. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, yeah, 50, 50 caliber in. gun, 22 long rifle, and you said a semi automatic 308. Um, and then June 4th, that's when it happened. I'm sorry, it wasn't April. I was wrong about that. It was June 4th, 2002. Marv burst out the side of the building, like I said, went straight to the concrete plant and just started fucking shit up there. Like, destroyed all the buildings at the concrete plant. I mean, they're calling 911. Cops start showing up. And when the cops get there, Marv shoots at them. Yeah. So, like, he wasn't just trying to destroy property. And who did, how? how does he know, like, on a weekday... Who's in that concrete plant? Well, I think he's decided that the entire town yeah. at this point is guilty of wronging. Because of the board. Yeah. 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 The entire town. Even though it's just, you know, you had a disagreement with, like, just that handful of people. Sure, he goes after their property. But, like, just anyone could have been in the concrete plant. Well, Someone sure just he feels like, how dare this entire town not come together yeah. and fight They're not me. on my side. Yeah. You know, they don't even snowmobile with me when I invite them. It's just me and Doug and Scott most of the time. I don't know if that's their names. I am 100% sure that's their names. There's a dude named Doug that was snowmobiling. The group is definitely Marv, Doug, and Scott. Dougie! (laughs) Marvy baby! Oh, my God. So the trash company called 911. 911 was like, look, you can't prank us. (laughs) And they're like, no, really. There's a fucking killdozer. Okay, uh, (laughs) we'll send the army. And they tried to st- they tried to stop the track. They couldn't do that. They tried to climb up on top. They couldn't do that. The first call was around two fifteen to nine one one to nine eleven, if you will. 
he won't let you. me do that. So that's it's two fifteen on business day. I mean, you're on the last half of the day. You're downhill. <laughs> And can you just imagine how loud that was? Just that fucking bulldozer with the motor just running yeah. in. Because it's a big bulldozer, too. I don't know a lot about bulldozers, but it's bigger than my car. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My little Kia Forte would not make a good bulldozer. No. no. It looked more like a tank, people said. It does look like a tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cody tried to stop the dozer with the front end loader, which is kind of like a bulldozer, but like it live, you can lift. The blade up, so yeah. to you know, the front of it. So Cody tries to do that and he slams into the dozer, backs up, slams into him again, and he slammed into him so hard he hit the windshield and knocked himself out. And then Marv started shooting at Cody. Like Cody woke up to just like, luckily, but he, luckily the, yeah, the blade was blocking the, yeah, the bucket, is the what bucket, they called it, yeah. the bucket, because he was trying to raise up the thing and he just wasn't heavy enough at all. Right. So the bucket's just getting pelted. And dust is flying everywhere. And once Cody finally, like, gets his, you know, wherewithal about himself, he scrambles out, you know, and he's like, all right, well, I can't do anything about it. It's a fucking bulldozer. Kill dozer, you know, and he fucking, he leaves. He doesn't leave, but he just knows, you know, they're not, he can't do anything. And at this point, more police are showing up. And uh, that's when Cody told him, like, there's no one in there. It's got to be radio controlled. Yeah. You know, because Cody's a real dumb son of a... No. I don't know why... Yeah, I remember it was Cody. And I was like, where did you get that from? That He's like, I know it's Marv, but it's radio controlled. I mean, maybe he didn't think Marv had the stones for that, you know? I mean, maybe. Marv's a smart enough guy. He probably could, you know, maybe... I I feel like there's yeah, too... I feel like Cody would know there's too much hand I'm stuff saying, going I on. Like... <laughs> hand stuff. <laughs> there's a lot of hand stuff going inside bulldozers, okay? I feel like... Why do you think they're smiling? I don't even think we have, like, remote... Like, I don't even think the U.S. Army, military or whatever, has, like, remote tanks. Yeah. They might. I could be wrong. And, I mean, in Cody's defense, too, a bulldozer's tearing up your fucking building, you know? Like, I'm sure he never, yeah. like, you know, never thought something like that would happen. Well, he, who, you know, he, lo and behold, he Even though it's his fault. God's driving. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, like, why even fight this? This is God's will, okay? What do you, do you guys hate God? I hate God. Oh, okay. The whole town of Gansby just hates God? Do your thing, Marv. <laughs> so the police were like, basically, how do you attack something like this? Yeah. And they were like, with love. And that didn't work. <laughs> so they start shooting at the little portholes. Because we said there's portholes for the guns. Yeah. And he had the cameras. Well, they're shooting. And then they didn't realize until afterwards, he had two sheets of like half inch, like bulletproof plastic Lexon covering it. Yeah. So he thought of everything. He had, little, he had a, a, a tank of air in there. And it would like... He had little nozzles in front that would blow debris away from the cameras. So, like, he could always see what was going on around him, you know. I mean, he he really did just thought of – he thought of everything. Like he and, of course, they couldn't get in, too, because they he – like I said, he he lowered the top on him by a crane. He couldn't get out. Yeah. So no one could get in. Like, this dude should be working for our military. He's a genius. That's what he should be, like – He's a genius, but they didn't – he's – he he wasn't hugged enough. Right. Like he just he wanted people to be like, yeah, Mark, good job, buddy. Yeah. He wanted the whole town to be like that. It wasn't enough that he has little snowmobile jerk off pals, you know. <laughs> We're getting a lot of hate mail from snowmobilers. <laughs> yeah, we Snowmob- I didn't. I didn't realize I was so anti-snowmobiler <laughs> until tonight. So well, learned- I've always been anti-snowmobile. I learned something about. All myself right, we're tonight. growing. <laughs> so These I think therapy so, sessions are really working. So out. I, I think Marv did know once he started, he wasn't. Well, like you said, because he couldn't think, get out. You think that he lowered it by crane? Yeah, 
He did. He so, had a remote control. That that was one thing he could do with a remote control. You're half right, Cody. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I bet that, that was fun for him inside there, though. He didn't plan on coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd love to like be able to be inside his head. And like he showed in the doc, he shaved his head the night before he did it. Well, because that's just badass. Yeah, I don't know like that's, why. Uh, that's the action movie montage. <laughs> yeah. You start. You gotta look at yourself in the mirror, <laughs> just, or don't even look in the mirror. Just, yeah. Start with the eyebrows if you're gonna do that. Be a man about it. Yeah. So they were trying to shoot, and the cop even got on top of the dozer. <laughs> and he was trying to, like, find the way in. And, of course, he was, like, trying to shoot into it. He dropped a flash grenade. It didn't do anything. Because there was, like, a there was a, a, a air conditioning kind of, like, not duct. But he, ha- he did have, like, an air an opening. Like a vent. Yeah, for air conditioning. Yeah. But I'm sure it was, you know, it wasn't, like, it, it couldn't. Obviously, it wasn't right above him. Yeah. It was just to get the air circulated in there. And they couldn't do anything with it anyway because it was all welded in it was all steel that's one of I my mean, favorite parts of the documentary is seeing that cop on top yeah just teen wolf in like, it i don't know what the fuck he's like <laughs> he's i'm like, up here now there's bricks up there and stuff because yeah, i mean debris fall on top of yeah it. it would just fall on top and i mean he could get the stuff away from the air vents i guess but you know obviously not that stuff so then let's see he goes uh marv starts going towards the town hall so he leaves the concrete plant, goes towards the town hall, and the town hall is a two-story building, and it's on the second floor. And the first floor is a library, and it's three o'clock now, three thirty maybe. I don't know. So you know, the whole thing lasted a little over two hours. So it can't. It's not. It's still they're open. You know. Yeah. It's the middle of the day, and they 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 had they did a reverse nine one one call to just let people know like shelter in a place. So a lot of people went to the right. library thinking that was a safe place. Well, then they figured out who it was. They know who his enemies are. He's not been shy about that. So they called the library, and they got everybody out in time. I believe there was, like, a daycare in there. Yep, there's a daycare in there. I mean, Because when he did it, he went around the back, and he completely tore up the playground. Yeah. There's a playground in the back, and he tore that all the fuck and just destroyed the town hall, the library, just in and out. The kids would have been helping him, too, so. Yeah. I mean, if the kids would have If they loved God... Or petitioned. Or <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. They were playing. They could have done some fucking work. Yeah. So, I mean. They only have themselves to blame. You can play on Thursdays, kids, okay? That's the day for play. <laughs> That's you, when you can play. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You little bastards. You little idiots. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Uh, he went to Mountain Park Electric. Before he went to the town hall. And that's just because one of the members of town hall worked there. Right. Wasn't even at the time. I don't even think when he was doing his thing, the guy worked there then. But at when everything was going on, he worked yeah. there. So he goes there and destroys the uh the the electric the electric building, you know, where yeah. like so he destroys that. And that's uh right when he gets like to town hall, that's when the cop jumps off. And it's probably good, you know, because he probably would have fucking died. Yeah, because he's like, it's just, it's so crazy that, like, spoiler, like, Mars is the only one that dies this whole day. And it's just so nuts when you hear all this shit. Right. Like, nobody else got hurt, like, well, luckily, died. The killdozer isn't going to be the fastest thing. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you yeah. have time. It's weird seeing the documentary. It looks like a parade because there's just cops. Just following it. Yeah. They're yeah. on foot. There's some driving behind. They're just like, Pew pew. Just like, like I, don't I can't know why believe they kept shooting. I can't. I can't believe no one got shot that way. Just like, like yeah, shooting at it or right. like some hillbilly coming out. And be like, You're not in my town, Marvin. Clink clink. Does his little shotgun and <laughs> ping. And he shoots an eye out or something like Christmas Story. Yeah, I, I think you need to learn the difference between. <laughs> Shotguns and BB guns. That was definitely a BB gun. I was doing the BB gun. Yeah. But I did it twice. I got that pressure built up, you know? Yeah, that's not how those work. 
Well, God is going to make it a g- real gun, okay? <laughs> okay, I got you. Water to wine, BB gun to fucking kill a machine. Okay, I got you. <laughs> Makes sense. God is mysterious. So then Marv checked out a couple books. Nope. <laughs> returned one. Nope. Oh, that's not in your notes? That's the story you're writing. <laughs> oh, okay. That's your kid's book. So after that, they, uh, like I said, he destroyed the playgrounds. Real dick move, Marv. Yeah. Like, what those cops do, you know? You mean the kids? <laughs> yeah, what like, the... I, oh, I was the playground. <laughs> you're right, I forgot. But what the cops do? It was the cops. The, well, the cops, they didn't they arrest those guys. shot the... Do- the the doge chef. Yeah, at any point, they could have murdered them. I mean, just for the name didn't. Cody Dochef, Cody I would have looked into that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do I keep talking? Yeah. So okay. He, he kills. He, he killed <laughs> so, the playground. Yep, the playground. Then he goes on to the Sky High News because, according to him, they would never advertise for him <laughs> at the right. muffler shop. Uh, the guy when he was like fighting it, like one they let like one of the editors like kind of wrote a couple things about him, mm-hmm. and like the guy that they interviewed said he tried to get a hold of Marv all the time. He was always out snowmobiling. He was trying, like he said, that he was trying to advertise. Like, yeah, he gave him a free advertising. Yeah, that's what it was. You know, and like Marv scoffed at that. You know, like that wasn't anything real. Yeah. Basically, Marv just takes offense to everything. Every yeah, unless you're there, like just. One of his snowmobile buddies that looks up to him so much. Unless if you're if he's not your alpha male, yeah, then like he he just he doesn't want anything to do with you, and like he just he he, he will kill those you. he will kill those you. Yeah. So obviously at this point the cops feel overwhelmed. I mean it's destroyed like four or five buildings. I I just can't I I keep trying to imagine the noise of this and just like the sirens going off and yeah. everybody yelling and just into the building and out into the building and out yeah like just what that fucking sound the cops like. just keep shooting yeah i mean that's cops that's kind of what they do <laughs> that's kind of the thing. all right, right. that's kind of their mo dying that's like 98 percent <laughs> that's like 98 percent of their training like you have a heart attack you're getting shot I'm like i'm gonna shoot him back to life <laughs> i'm like doug you can't do that uh <laughs> So then after that, he was, uh, he, he started headed towards the Thompson's house. Dick yeah. Thompson's dead. His widow lived there. The Thompson's mom. Yeah. She was there asleep. They called her 30 minutes before the bulldozer got there. And he completely destroyed the house of an old woman. Whose husband's dead. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure she. <laughs> Did God she, tell him to do that? Look, she could have killed the old Thompson in the sleep. And she could have helped. Marv that way, you know. These people all did Marv wrong, is what I'm saying. Marv, yeah, Marv deserved a lot better, and he'll yeah. t- he'll be the first and second and third and fourth and fifth to tell you, and he's gonna keep fucking telling you. So at this point, the helicopters start showing up, news vans, you know, like this is like kind of where they start getting more covered with it, and uh, he decides Marv that he's gonna go now to the gas company, and it's like the gas propane company, which. I don't know what Marv is thinking here because, and, like, I don't care what you're in. Yeah. You can't go explode, like, giant fucking <laughs> propane tanks. Have you. you ever seen a Vin Diesel movie? You're right. <laughs> you're right. Go ahead. He's got that Vin Diesel logic. Go ahead. And these aren't, like, little camping propane tanks. No, these, these are, like, are the big, big, giant, big, industrial. That's what I'm saying. And he tries to start shooting them. He's like, I'm gonna blow. And there's like a, there's a nursing home like right across the street from it. There's yeah. a trailer park. There's other houses. And again, Marv's like, God said, fuck them all, kill them all, I'll sort them out. 
That's what God said. Yeah, yeah. My man. So, yeah, it turns out you guys came up with that. I thought it was pretty badass. <laughs> and I've kind of just been adopting it. But apparently Marv actually blocked one of his gun holes. So the gun he was trying to shoot with them, he was only able to shoot one Transformer, which not like an Autobot, but like apparently that's like something to where like electric is stored. I got you. Yeah, and he shot that. And because uh, God hates electricity too. All right, I don't want to get into it here because I feel like we've already gone a little bit, but God hates electricity. Oh, man. I mean, our podcast is electricity. <laughs> so at this point, you know, nothing's working. Our, work. our <laughs> podcast is, is electricity. electricity. <laughs> you heard it here first. And the next time, what happened next is the town got a, a scraper, which is like a long um, construction vehicle, but it's like the one where like you can kind of 90 degree turn the front of the front it. Of it yeah. It's just a big giant fucking machine. They were just like, can we make a huge like vehicle? Yeah, just, just barricade. And they were trying to do like a roadblock yeah. for a bulldozer. like, And he just pushed it right out of the way. <laughs> right. I mean, just that's the noise it made. And it just it got the scraper right out. But At this then, point, you gotta be thinking, we need Godzilla. Yeah. Like, we're running out of options. Well, the the they, the police deny this, but there were talks that they were trying to get Apache helicopters to come. Because, I mean, yeah, where's it going to end with? Right. I mean, could he, he could just drive around and kill. Like, he hasn't killed anyone yet, but they don't know what's in like, those buildings. You're probably going to be able to not have anyone die as long as a bullet doesn't get them. Where's the, but, where's the hospital? They can't empty town, a hospital. Yeah, you know, if but there's like, people you're in hospital lose your beds. Town, like, yeah. You don't stop this yeah. Thing. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a slow moving tornado. Right. The the doznado. <laughs> Sci-fi channel. <laughs> be all over that. Call that dude from Zian Ian Zierig or something. Ian Zierig. Sure. Off of nine hundred two one zero. I don't know who had that in the pool, but you just won all the money. <laughs> like, which one in nine hundred two one zero are they gonna talk about? And while we're on the subject, pee hole. Let's just. Say that. Pee holes, yeah. Do you think he I had mean, do you think he had a pee hole in the dozer? Oh, I'm sure he had a pee hole. Or he just hole. like pissed everywhere. He had, like a big Gatorade bottle, probably. <laughs> Ian Zierig's hair was so fucking stupid. Yeah, well, you're like, I'm seventeen. But his hair was like thirty-nine. <laughs> it looked like noodles. Yeah. It was yeah. I was like, you're supposed to be a heartthrob, Ian Zierig. <laughs> he was definitely the third best of those. I mean, Jason Priestley. As an Luke Perry. boy, I say no, you're not. <laughs> I don't know how old I was when that show came out. But you knew what dudes you were into. But, like, I knew I wasn't into Ian <laughs> yeah. You're like, nice try, Fox. Yeah. Uh, great sidekick and everything you're ever going to be in. But then they had Austin Green. You're like, oh, my God, which one do I hate more? Oh, I don't remember him at all. He was, like, the little rapper one, and he dated uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. He dated the, the blonde dorky one that was, like, the actual daughter of the guy who ran the show. Daisy off of not off of Saved by the Bell. Yeah, I. You, Jesus Christ! I what are we talking about? Way better than I do. Marv is so mad at us in heaven. It was a show my baby. Marv is sitting on God's lap in heaven right now, listening to this, and he's like, "Can you get back to me? Can, you guys Marv, haven't talked about me in like he two is minutes." Going to bring down the thunder <laughs> on us. Industrial size. Yeah. propane tanks. Right. But that didn't work. <laughs> so then he starts going for the, the the hardware store. He gave up real quick on the... Uh, yeah. Like, I felt like... I was like... Well, Marv. in the Vin Diesel movies, it's usually the first bullet does it. <laughs> you know, and you do like two or three bullets and you haven't destroyed anything. Yeah, 
fuck it. Your boner starts to go down. What would Vin do? That's what I call my boner, my killdozer. Mm, I call him Vin Diesel. <laughs> I call mine Vin. Well, I'm going to start calling mine that now. Is that okay? That's weird. It is. I like, I like it. it a lot. I don't like it. I'm going to vent up my diesel. Oh, I don't like it at all. <laughs> but after he pushed out the scraper, that's when they saw like a big giant puff of smoke. And they, they think that is antifreeze. Like, whatever the hell. I don't know. So, there's antifreeze in engines, and apparently no, yeah. his like leaked out. Or... Yeah, they thought he had like a fuel. Somewhere there was a leak. And, and they could just tell that the... Uh, the the bulldozer wasn't moving as hard. It was making more noise. It was it was a lot. It was more labored in its movement. Yeah. But he was still. He took out the whole front of the hardware store because what the owner was on the board, and he's going the down. Owner had some one time passed <laughs> yeah. all the other guys in the mall. Well, to Marv, he he says in the tapes that after they that he was he lost in the court or whatever, they snickered at him. <sighs> Anytime you would see someone from the board, they would snicker at him. He'd ride by on his snowmobile, and he could just see it in their little eyes that they were just. He knows. They knew, they 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 acted like they got one over on him. All right, and they knew what they were doing. Yeah, Marv couldn't stand for it. So now, so but one of the guys owned the hardware store, so he took out the complete front of the hardware store, and then he uh, he started going down the side of the hardware store, and what a lot of people didn't know that the hardware store had a basement. Right. And everything else that he's been doing probably didn't have a basement. Their plants or, you know, um, you know, like the concrete plant, the electric thing, all that. But once one of the tracks gets in the basement, he's stuck. Yeah. And at this point, the cops are like, they're just getting ready. They said that they were just pairing up with people like, all right, he's going to come out shooting. Like, he's going to start shooting his guns. Like, it's not, you know, like everything we've been through, like what's going to happen now. But then they just heard a single gunshot and they, you know, pretty much figured – you know what they, you know, Marv probably killed himself. And they they couldn't gain entry yeah. to the thing. They they tried multiple explosions. It wouldn't do anything. And then finally they brought in a, a blowtorch and they cut into the air conditioning unit. And then they threw in they uh they 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 that's when they got in there and they saw that he killed himself. He put I think a three fifty seven to the roof of his yeah. mouth and pulled the trigger and he killed himself. Yeah, they threw like a oh, they threw like a flash grenade or something. Yeah, they threw a flash grenade in Just there. Really make sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like God could be in there with him. He does right. have the strength of God. I'm shocked that he didn't rig up the killdozer to blow up. Yeah, more like, bar or something at his house or something. Yeah, I'm surprised that he didn't think of a way out that caused more destruction. But they said it lasted a little over two hours. He did seven million dollars worth of damage. And they immediately, well, you know, as immediately as they could, they took the dozer and they sent, like, all these different scrap yards to take them completely apart. Yeah, because they don't want anybody having souvenirs. Yeah, they don't want, and it's already been, like, obviously they built one for the documentary, for the reenactments, yeah. but, like, other people have built one since, you know, but that's what they didn't want. They didn't want, like, a shrine to Marv. Right. You know, and uh, so that's, there's not much mystery to this one. It's just not, like I said, my mystery is like, what happened to this dude? They just made him such a little bitch. Yeah, like, I don't have heroes. I, I wonder what. Uh, <laughs> let me see if I can find out. So he was born, like you said, 1951, South Dakota, uh, uh, 1951, October 28th. Moved to town. <laughs> 91, I think he moved to Colorado. He left the Air Force. It doesn't even say if he retired the Air Force. Like, was he kicked out of the Air Force? I mean, I just feel like this guy has probably always had 
right, issues I'm with like, see if uh, like the middle child. I could see that like, youngest. If he's the young, something where he wasn't getting the attention. He, he, yeah, he couldn't do what he wanted. There's someone always telling him no. Like he seems like he really has a like a, a problem with authority figures. Well, because it's his uh, his brother is the one. So after uh, Marv records all these audio tapes, uh-huh. he mails them all to his brother. Oh, okay. Dakota. I didn't and even know it that. Was his brother that took the tapes, turned them into the FBI. Mm-hmm. The FBI then turned them into the Grand County Sheriff's Department, who then released the tapes. So there's about two and a half hours. I think I'd like to. I'm going to sit down and listen to the tapes. And I'm glad they released them. Yeah. Because I feel without that, he would be more of a martyr. You know, and, like, he would be just, like, what I thought, where I was like, yeah, man, this fucking guy, like, had enough everything. And he did. He had enough everything. But, like, he didn't do enough for everything, though. I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like he could have done so much better. Yeah, it says that the, uh... I mean, f- just move out of that town. Yeah, just go somewhere else, Just man. sell the land and fucking go somewhere else. Yeah. Like, yeah. weed will be legal in about 15 years. You're in Colorado. Uh, yeah, it says that uh, the police found uh, a handwritten list of targets That's later at some point. Uh, the list included building. The He actually listed the buildings he was going to destroy. Oh, wow. Which uh, had included the Catholic Church, which he didn't actually get to. Uh, and the names but of, God sent him. But God sent him. Well, God doesn't like the cat. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I, I, I don't know like who plays for who and all that, so I don't know. And then there were the names of various people who had sided against him. They snickered at him. Disputes. Yeah. Like, who knows what he took to as, like, a offense to. Yeah. Like, it could have been, like, the smallest. Just thing. anyone on the board that, like, wasn't even, didn't have a vote or something, you know, or just. <sighs> so when you were saying earlier about you wonder what. Oh, yeah, political party. party. So, the uh, notes, you know, he held grudges over the zoning approval, of course. And one of the things he wrote is, uh, I was willing to be reasonable until I had to be unreasonable. Sometimes. (laughs) He sounds like a Vin Diesel movie. Reasonable men must do unreasonable things. So, uh, the I became unreasonable unreasonable quote Uh has became... Uh, adopted by... Don't say Proud Boys. Close. <laughs> uh, the Boogaloos. Do you, have you know these guys? I don't think I do know so the Boogaloos. They are just as big of a losers as Proud Boys, but more dangerous. Okay. Um, wow. I mean, Proud Boys are pretty dangerous. Yeah, so they're so. a far-right uh, extremist group. Uh, basically, just they're a fucking militia. They uh-huh. wear, like, Hawaiian shirts. Okay, I have seen you the Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. Uh, they are preparing for um, and trying to start the second civil war. Like they're very active of trying to get that shit kicked off. Jesus, um, they are. Uh, I could be completely speaking on my ass, uh-huh. but I'm assuming that they are partly related to or responsible for the guys that just got arrested today. Uh, that we're going to try to kidnap a mayor. Okay, yeah. In Michigan? Yep, I saw that. So I'm positive they're all that's connected. They're a bunch of boogaloos. Um, unlike uh, Antifa, uh-huh. which is not an organization and does not have groups or leaders or anything like that, Yeah. Uh, well, these far-right assholes... They're more of like an idea. They're like, we're just anti... Yeah, I mean, anti- that's, there's definitely uh, people 
that would claim to be Antifa that are doing stupid shit that's not helping. Uh-huh. But there is no group. Yeah. There is no organization. These assholes, uh, these far-right extremist groups like the Proud Boys, uh, the Boogaloos, or the Proud Boys now are calling themselves... Leather Daddies? Leathermen. Leathermen! Which is not Not anywhere. Leather Daddies! You're still, going, you're still doing it, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but these are very clearly groups. They give themselves names. They, uh, they perform as units. Uh-huh. Um, they are groups. So, to all of you fucking idiots that uh, are constantly trying to say Antifa needs something done about it. Yeah. There are real terrorist groups in the United States, but they're fucking white and they're on your racist ass yeah. side. So And they go to the courthouse and they break they us there with guns. So these guys that uh um one of the groups that adopted this uh I'm unreasonable, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, I became unreasonable. They had made plans back in March to uh, go to one of the protests uh-huh. that were happening, and they were going to use the gathering and all of that as basically cover to... They were going to just murder cops Jesus, and shit like that. They just want chaos. And they were going to try to start yeah. some shit. So, yeah, they were going to try to like uh, storm government buildings, kill government officials... You know, but they're the good guys. Yeah. They're Trump's boys. They're pretty white. So, yeah. So, but that's what this guy has now. They they love him. Like, I'm so glad, like, I learned more about this guy, too, though, just because now... They look up, to, like, he's a martyr for them. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them all. Yeah. So, yeah, when you watch this documentary, uh, Tread. Tread. It, it's uh, 2020. Tread came out this year. Yeah. It's really good. I like it. I've seen it probably three or four times but when now. you watch it like if you're like i mean i don't know if you've listened to this episode if uh-huh. you watch it you already know what's happening yeah so i watched it without really knowing anything about it i didn't listen to this episode before i watched That's it good for, i didn't either good yeah i was like nope I'm gonna <laughs> nah. wait. Uh, i could but i won't but when i watched it i was very like at parts very much like uh yeah, man, they're just fucking yeah. Marv. Like, fucking Marv, man, he just wants to. These sn- dudes need to just. He like, just wants a snowmobile. He's and... fucking good old boys, you yeah. know. And then at, at a certain point, you're like, "Oh, Marv's a lunatic." Yeah. Like at one point, there's like three cops hiding behind what they call uh, Jersey barriers. Mm-hmm. Like usually like they'll see. Yeah, you'll see him like see. on the roads and stuff in between the lanes. Yeah. And he and just drove straight. They just he just drove straight for him. Yeah. I mean, three straight troopers that just nothing to do with any of it. Right. But once he started, he just yeah, he, and, it didn't I matter. Mean, you know, the damage to the property sucks, but it's you know, luckily he didn't kill anybody. Yeah, that's the yeah. And it's funny in the doc, the Thompson brothers are like, they worst thing they did was destroy that bulldozer. They're like, we could have, we made a ton of money off that. We could still, you know, that's, we made made our town famous. Yeah, and they were famous. I for, I want to mention this. Uh, so that was June 4th, and this is a pretty big news media story for about a day. And then the next day, Ronald Reagan died, you know, because God was like, I'm having fun. Like, first Marv, like, what else can I do? Like, bring up Ronnie. Yeah. And uh, Ronald Reagan died. So that kind of. That was a good day. Yeah. That was a good day. <laughs> so that kind of, it definitely took a lot of, like, the attention away from this story, you know. Yeah, it, it was it a all, big story. Yeah. Uh, and That's then... pretty fucking crazy. The, we were talking about it before we started. Uh, not too long after, a few years later, uh, a former military person 
ended up stealing a tank. An actual tank, an yeah. An actual tank. And did some damage. He uh, fucked up a bunch of cars. A bunch and, of cars. Yeah. And they, uh... I would feel so good to do. He said he just went in, like... He said they, he just walked on the army base, like, uh-huh. at night. They had left... There were some guys there doing some, like, overnight work on some stuff, and they left the gate open. <laughs> so he just, like, walks right in. He's, they said he started... Um, like, I didn't know this about tanks. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm assuming, you know, newer ones, they're, like, uh, push starts. Oh, really? Like, the, they don't have keys. Yeah. You just push the ignition. Okay. So, he apparently had, uh... He knew how to push. Yeah. But apparently, like, he had tried two or three... Oh, and then he got... And for whatever reason, they wouldn't work. So, by the time he finally got to the third or fourth one, whatever uh-huh. one worked, he was spotted. And they tried to get him, but... He was just like, nope, and started <laughs> moving, and like they were kind of fucked at that point. Yeah, once it starts moving, you, there's not unless you have another tank. Yeah, and I'm sure they had him there, but you know, someone had to scramble, get into it, and that guy. Yeah, and then it's kind of fucked. Like uh, when they get, when they killed him, or like they finally get up on top and they get the hatch open. Or yeah, whatever, and one of the guys just decides he leans in, shoots the dude through the like it went the bullet went through the neck. Ah, he kills him, and like people, I guess, were like. uh Give him a chance to give up. Questioning if, you know, whatever. But I guess, like, his brother actually came out and was like, uh, no, the cop did the right thing. Yeah. Like, he was, uh, he intended to kill people yeah. and die. So I didn't read much into that. I just, I remember I seen, seen the footage and it came up in my, you know, my studying of yeah. the story. But God crazy. didn't want me to look too much into that one. <laughs> yeah, God was like, I got other plans for you, Joel. He's like, you wrote a lot about this guy. We're going to make the kill, Joelzer. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. That's the name of my dick. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. I'm trying to give you a cool wrestling game. <laughs> All right, well, yes, yeah, so that's the story of Marv. Marv Hemeyer. Marv and the Killdozer. Marv Hemeyer. And Doug and Scott. Yeah, everyone check out that documentary. Um, but again, thank you all for listening. We will be back in two weeks with a new episode. Yep. And uh, it is going to be... It's going to be a big uh, one. We already gave it away the last episode. I don't so. think... I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be an awesome <laughs> one. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, again, thank you to Travis Graham. Yep. For the awesome new spooky October artwork. Uh, and thanks to all of the listeners. And, uh, yeah, leave us some comments. Leave us some feedback on what you think. And, again, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. Uh, rate? Any, you say rate? Rate with a T. Okay. You got anything before we go? Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Snazzer. Oh, yeah,